You are now tuned in to the People the Book Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the People of the Book podcast. This is your host, Jared BX, where we talk about all things pertaining to the people of the book. First and foremost, all praise to the Most High and shalom to all my brothers and sisters or in the ancient Hebrew, shalom to all my brothers and sisters. All right, guys. So I'm very excited for this episode. Um, Thank you for everybody that's been rocking with me, man. Everybody that's been tapping in. Everybody that's been listening and uh, reaching out to me with questions, I truly appreciate that. And I pray that the Most High continues to give you wisdom and knowledge according to His uh, all His truth. But today's episode is going to be called The Curse of Who? And we're going to be covering the Curse of Ham Doctrine, this false and demonic teaching. But without further ado, we're going to hit you with that mission statement. The People the Book podcast was created with the emphasis to educate and edify the Negro, Black, African-American community through biblical, historical, geographical, scientific evidence, etc. about our true Hebrew-Israelite heritage and origins. On this podcast, we will approach our topics and discussions based upon 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21 through 22, but test everything that is said, hold on to what is good, stay away from every kind of evil, and 2 Timothy 2 and 15 through 16, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but son profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. We will provide biblical and practical knowledge and solutions to help our community grow and prosper as a people. Disclaimer, if you have not done the research, please do not leave negative or uneducated comments. Everything on this podcast will be backed and proven with tangible evidence. Also, this podcast or myself is not affiliated with any quote-unquote Hebrew-Israelite camps. Alright guys, so let's dive in. So the last episode that I covered, we went over more evidence about, of course, um, our Hebrew-Israelite heritage. But one of the main arguments against this is that people have been taught through racism and the justification of our treatment and enslavement. That we are under the curse of Ham. So I'll say that again. People are misled, misguided to think that we are treated the way we are treated because of the quote unquote curse of Ham. And this is one of the biggest false teachings in the church. When you start to ask people why, you know, especially um, preachers among our, uh, amongst our community, we don't have they don't have an answer as to why these things happen to us. They just say social injustice or you know, this may be the curse of him because they believed a lot that they was told. But for some reason, they can't wrap around their heads the fact that these are the curses that are written in the book of what would happen to the children of the Most High, the children of Israel, if we decided to break his law, statutes, and commands, right? So, <clears throat> another key point, too, right there is if you believe the lie that the people in the Bible were white, right? This, this is going to set the tone for this episode. How would Noah and his wife only going to have one black son being him? And we know biblically, scientifically, and historically, that would be inaccurate. So you guys could check out 
an episode that I did recently is called the Skin Color Matter or this Color Matter, whatever I had it under. So that's going to give an in-depth uh, study on that topic with all the information as far as, you know, who is who as far as genealogy and um, which nations came from certain groups of people, right? So point number one, what is the curse of him? This is the idea and doctrine that those of the darker races are quote-unquote all Hamites of the Hamitic bloodline, which as we know is not true, and cursed with darker skin as a mark of wickedness. This doctrine and teaching has been used to justify the constant mistreatment and things such as slavery and exploitation upon the darker races. First thing that's off with this idea is that the Hamites aren't the only black people groups, which we explained in that uh, episode. Please check that out if you haven't already. We also know that the descendants of Shem are a dark people group as well. Again, per biblical scholars, white biblical scholars in the Zondervan Bible Dictionary, Ham is not the father of the Negroes. And if you also study where the majority of the Semitic languages are spoken, you will see that it is in Africa, all across that western to northern region, even part, uh, parts of the Sudan. That's where the mass majority of these languages are spoken. Of course, it's going to be in the quote-unquote Middle East, but that's really North Africa. You see what I'm saying? According to the scriptures, Ham was not cursed. His son Canaan was cursed. So we need to understand who is Canaan and where did these Canaanites come from? So Genesis chapter 9, verses 22 through 25, it says, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. I'm going to break this down. And told his two brethren, uh, brethren without, he was talking to Shem and Japheth about it. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon, uh, upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward that, uh, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall be unto all his brethren. So this is very important. <coughs> Noah never cursed Ham. So for people to say that all the dark people groups, which not all the dark people groups are in Africa, you know what I'm saying? For them to say that they cursed Ham, they they try to use that to do to to give justification what they did to our people, right? Noah didn't even curse Ham. The reason and I want y'all to pay attention to this, and I'm going to give you scripture. The reason Noah cursed him is because Canaan was conceived through incest between Ham and his mother. And I'm going to give you scripture because a lot of people are confused on that, even myself, until I recently understand, uh, started reading the scriptures. I didn't understand what was going on here. I always thought there was like some kind of homosexual act that was being performed on. Uh, performed by uh, Ham to his father, and then he cursed Canaan. But Canaan had not been born yet. So let me let me uh give you this Leviticus chapter twenty verse eleven, and this is key because every time you give scripture and a concept and a precept, it has to match another concept or precept. And this is why the word teaches us to study and follow the law, statutes, and commandments because then you understand everything to its entirety. But oftentimes we're taught through Christendom and through the church, through 
doctrine practices and through, you know, all these denominations and stuff on how to read certain things and how to understand certain things. But I'm going to give you this Leviticus chapter 20, verse 11. It says, and the man that lieth with his father's wife hath uncovered his father's nakedness. So this is explaining here in the law in Leviticus that when you sleep with your father's wife, you uncover your father's nakedness. So this whole time, most people are led to believe that um, Ham saw his father, but he really slept with his own mother. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll continue to explain so, and if we study, look, so we study the seeds of Canaan, the, the Canaanites, where we get that name from, we see why the most, ho- the most High had to make laws to not have sexual relationships the way they did, because the mass majority of their sex was through incest. And we see the same pattern that was passed down from their forefather, Canaan. So Canaan was cursed because he was the seed of Ham through him and his mother. And we see the result among his children. That's why they had all kind of sexual morality because they came through incest. Canaan is the seed of incest. So this is why the Most High commanded that our people, the Israelites, when we entered into the land, that we were not to marry them because they had incest blood. They weren't cursed because of black skin. All of Noah's children had dark black skin. They were all dark. They were all black peoples. If I'm not mistaken, Japheth might have been a little light-skinned, but that was it. But still in all, they were the black people. And just for a better understanding, the land of Canaan, right, the quote-unquote promised land, was inhabited by dark-skinned people. So all them, them Canaanites that was over there, they was black. As f- as for all the other, um, as well as for all the, uh, um, I'm sorry, as well as for all the other original inhabitants, of the Fertile Crescent, a.k.a. the Middle East, which is really Northeast Africa. That is a black landmass. This is where the Afro-Asiatics came through. And I'm going to read that here. So here's a, uh, a dictionary definition of what the Semitic languages are. So these are the, the four main Semitic languages. So it says the Semitic languages are a branch of the Afro-Asiatic language family. They include Arabic, Arabic, Hebrew, and numerous other ancient modern languages. So if these are Afro-Asiatic languages, including Hebrew and Arabic, that would show you that the original people in those areas were Afro-Asiatic, were Dark peoples, Negroid Negroid people who weren't African. So those are Semitic bloodlines. Those are Semitic people. So you guys got to really understand and see what's going on for yourself. Like I said, the key word here is Afro-Asiatic. So they know that those languages came from the Afro-Asiatics, including Hebrew. Hebrew is a Afro language, a Negro language. That's why when you study the map, like I just said, you study the map where most of the Semitic languages that are, um, are, are spoken and their derivatives is mostly throughout Africa. All the way to West Africa where our people fled to and the other parts that our people are hidden. Point number two is another big issue as to why 
people have fallen into false teachings is because of theologians, the biggest ones, some of the biggest names that people follow, right? So let me let me read this. What people don't realize is that a lot of the Bible scholars that churches base their theology and doctrines on were prejudiced and racist. I'll give you a reference from an article of a book I was reading about. And this book was written by Robert P. Jones, and it was called White Too Long, uh, something about uh, white supremacy. But if you put in White Too Long by Robert P. Jones, you can find this for yourself. And he explains that the more racist attitudes a person holds, the more likely he or she is to identify as a white Christian. I'm going to read that one more time. The more racist attitudes a person holds, the more likely he or she is to identify as a white Christian. Now, Robert P. Jones, the man who wrote this, is a white man. So this is something heavy to unpack right here because going into what I just said previously is that we base most... Most churches and and seminaries and all these schools and preachers and doctrines, denominations, they base their biblical ideas and biblical understanding on these Bible scholars who are prejudiced and racist. So let me continue. I'm going to give you a big person that, that, that really pushed this curse of handfulness. We have somebody like Schofield, Cyrus Schofield, who made one of the most famous study Bibles that came from America. We clearly see when we study his life and study the stuff he was doing, he was biased towards Eurocentrism, you know, white supremacy. According to the incredible Schofield in his book by Joseph M. Canfield, he stated that not only was Schofield a liar, a heretic and didn't take care of his first wife and daughters in 1904 addressing a gathering of confederate veterans in dallas schofield made uh, pejorative and racist remarks concerning blacks and whites so let me get this straight this man schofield he wrote one of the most famous study bibles reference bibles he was considered one of the biggest um Biggest theologians in the United States that people base their work off of and base their studies off of. But when you study his life before and after his conversion, we see that this man was a fraud. This man was a fraud. So going back to that 1904 situation, he was gathering gathering with Confederate veterans. Now, as a saved person who believes in the law, statutes, and commands of the Most High, who believes in Christ, who professes Christ. I just want to know what business did that man have being with a group of men that fought and lost their lives to keep our people enslaved? I, I'm, I'm asking you, like, I just want to know, like, what business? The word says, how can two Walk together unless they agree. You see what I'm saying? So if this man it says and he made racist remarks in regards to how blacks and whites should be uh, separate and all these other things. And this man is considered one of the greatest 
theologians? What makes you think that everything that he was saying or referencing true? This man left his wife and daughter. Lied to his wife after he, he separated from her. That a man was going to help him do an investment. And that if he could have whatever was left of the money that his mother-in-law had. After he left, it was $1,300 in that time. So that was that was a sizable amount of money for that age in the 1800s. Late 1800s. And this dude made a fraudulent account because he was a lawyer. And they, they say he even faked his doctorate. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I mean, back in that day, you could put some papers together and forge some stuff pretty easy. But, but going back to that, he frauded his own mother-in-law out of that money and never came back. They said that the man that he was supposed to do an investment with never even existed. And this is the man that people believe as, as to write a reference Bible. And I'm, I'm going to keep going further. So people, like I said, these theology schools and seminar, seminaries and denominations, he's one of the examples that people look, look up to. And this is just a one person, but this isn't even all that all like all the other people that was doing stuff as well, because there was many others who were preaching and teaching the quote unquote word. Who had slaves? Who justified slavery? So are they preaching the same gospel? If you study the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, after his um his his owner at the time, his name was Ald. Uh, his last name was Ald. A U L D. After he had converted to be a Methodist, Frederick Douglass said that if anything, he got way meaner because he would try to use the scriptures. To justify him beating and doing the uh, things he was doing to his uh, his slaves. Yet these are the people that we believe to to give us theology and believe that they're telling us the truth. You see what I'm saying? So so another thing here, and this this episode is not going to be long. You know, one of the biggest detriments to believers was Schofield's explanation of Japheth and how they would dominate everything, justifying the exploitation of other people groups, specifically the true children of Israel, our people. So Schofield, when you read his reference Bible and he talks about a definition of Japheth and who he was, he basically explains that the Japhites, uh, Yaphites, however you want to say it, that they would dominate everything According to what was said in the scripture, I believe in uh, Genesis chapter 9 or something, how their blessings would be and how they would dwell in the tents of Shem and all that stuff like that. But the Japhites, the, uh, the, the seed of Japheth, they're, if you study <laughs> these people, and like, like I said, I'm not against any groups of people at all. I'm against whatever the Most High is against. So if you're living in wickedness, if you're living in, in, in things you shouldn't be doing, Obviously, it's an issue, and I'm I'm not going to be okay with it. I, I hate what the Most High hates, and I love what he loves. The seed of J Japheth are the ones that colonized the world. The seed of Japheth are the ones that <laughs> birthed the Catholic Church, which is still really modern-day Christianity today. They're the ones that mixed in all the paganism and all the 
false holidays and all this stuff and they're the ones that's over the they're really the ones over the seminaries and stuff like that them and the fake Jews teaching you that you don't got to keep the law statutes and commandments of the most high but yet Christ said in Matthew he said that if any man teaches you or tells you not to keep my commandments he said they shall be considered the least in my kingdom not only that the word says in Deuteronomy chapter 4 that you aren't to add or take away from this word. But yet these people do that for, for their own benefit, for their own bias. Not only that, Schofield was a major contributor to American Zionism. And, and the Zionist movement is the political movement that we're currently seeing going on right now in the quote-unquote Israeli state. The reason why this country supports them is because they are Zionists. They believe that these people are the true children of Israel. And I'm, I'm not going I'm to give you all just a little snippet of what I'm going to go into in, in next week's episode. Is that Isaiah chapter 60 says that there will be no more violence in the new Zion. That Israel wouldn't need walls. Because there will be peace. So why is there constant conflict in that land if those people are supposed to be there? So y'all really got to think about who you're listening to. Who are these theologians that you're looking up to? Who are these writers and stuff that are, are you're being inspired by? That's why, you know, I always hear people say, you know, I, I'm in the school of the spirit. Because, and I believe it's in Second John, somewhere, somewhere around there, it said there will come a point where the Holy Spirit will teach you the word where no man will have to teach you. But we're so, we're so indoctrinated to believe the doctrines of men, the traditions of men, and we're justifying all these things and we don't know who we are because we believe the lies. The mass majority of the Negro church, the black church today, believes that they're either Kushites or Hamites or came from somewhere over in Africa and they just randomly brought us here for no reason. No reason at all. They just brought us here on some ships and we face and endure the same stuff that we've been going through for, for uh, as long as we've been in covenant with the Most High. And cycles, because it's been cycles of persecution, cycles of slavery, cycles of disobedience, cycles of oppression upon our people. Yet people don't understand that this Bible is about our people. Deuteronomy 28, there's a verse in there. It says that these things will be a sign on you and your generations forever. 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 Forever, ever. Yes, forever, ever. Until you guys get this thing right. So, so you got to come to the understanding that you cannot fall into the, to the mindsets of this world. These people, a lot of these people that lead these organizations and these seminaries don't even know the most high for themselves. They believe something because somebody passed it down to them. Just like the mo most of us today, we believe something because it's a tradition. Man, I'll give you, like, I grew up eating pork all the time. Like, my mother's family, they, they, uh, they Caribbean. They're from Puerto Rico, her, her parents. And when I tell you, like, every holiday, well, really hell day, we'll eat pork, roasted pork, crispy skin, too. Used to be, I'm from New York, y'all know that. I used to kill them bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. But, the, but when you say you don't eat pork anymore, you don't eat shellfish and stuff like that. 
People like, well, that's done away with. That's that's not nah, that's Muslim. No. And, and y'all try to use Paul. Y'all try, but Second Peter chapter three explains that the writings of Paul, almost all his writings are very under, uh, hard to understand if you are unlearned in the word. So if you're unlearned in the word, it says it says it are, are very hard to understand and unlearned in the word, and that if is for those who read his letters without understanding. They're going to try to misuse the scriptures as they already try to do now. That's in the words of Peter. Peter, who walked with our Messiah. But you see, you see, you see scriptures in the New Testament that, that Paul wrote. that uh, said, no, let no man judge you in meats. But you don't understand the context that he was talking about. Let no man judge you for eating the right things. Do you think Paul... Who was a, a a a lawyer? He was a lawyer's lawyer when he knew the law. He was a Pharisee. Do you really think he would teach against the laws, statutes, and commands of the Most High? Do you really think he would teach against those laws, statutes, and, and commandments of the Most High? Can somebody in the comments? I don't know. If you want to hit me up, can somebody name someone in the Bible for me who was deemed and considered righteous before the Most High that 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 did not keep the law, statutes, and commandments? So back to the pork, back to the pork, the word says not to eat it. That is, that's a, it's detestable. Isaiah 66 says that when, on that day of judgment, it's going to be people hiding in the garden and stuff, eating pork behind a tree, and then the Most High is going to come with fire and the sword for those people because it's detestable. There's things that you are not supposed to eat. And it's for your protect The things, people like, we don't, we're not under the law, we're not under the law. Okay, so I have a good question for you. If you're not under the law, why do you need a savior? Because according to the book of John, sin is the transgression of the law. And if there's no need for a savior, if there's I'm sorry, if there's no need for a law, why do you need a savior? What is he saving you from? The reason why the Messiah came was to give us grace. And be the ultimate sacrifice, the propitiation of sin. So that first of all, we can have direct connection with the father. And second, so he could cover our sins to where we wouldn't have to sacrifice lambs and goats no more. Because that stuff wouldn't suffice. Those animals would not suffice. Grace does not give you the authority to break the laws of the most high. Grace doesn't allow you to do that. But like I was saying, I used to tear up some pork, some pork rinds and pork skins. Like, you go out to NY, you see it everywhere. And, like, you got to be careful. Like, even in them little fruit snacks, it's gelatin in there. It's a, and it come from pork. And most, most of them come. So, you, so the reason I'm saying this stuff is because we're so conditioned to follow the traditions of men. Doctrines of men Doctrines of devils Instead of what the most high said Now when you start doing these things People think you crazy But let's look at the lives of the people That are giving you the information Like like we went over Schofield This is documented This is not just coming out of thin air This dude was a foul dude He was a fraud he was being used by Satan himself. People don't realize that the word also states that Satan has his ministers who disguise themselves just like he disguises himself as an angel of light.
as an angel of light. There's a reason why the Most High tells us to do things. Why do you think Christ said, if you love me, keep my commands? What are the commands? The commands that was given by the Father. And no, they're not the laws of Moses. Because prior to that, Noah understood that there was a covenant. Abraham understood that there was a covenant. You want an example? When Noah took all the animals on the ark. Right? He was only to bring two unclean animals and seven of the clean animals. So there was a separation of clean and unclean still before the law. So people try to wiggle their ways out of doing things and wiggle their way out of, out of following the scripture. Not knowing it's only leading to your own demise. This is leading to your own demise because on that day of judgment, when the Most High is standing, you're standing before the Most High, and he's going all the, over all these things and like, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? You, you, it's going to be a really sad day for a lot of people, a lot of preachers, a lot of churches. Why do you think Christ said that? On that day, just many people going to say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I did, I did that in your name. And he's going to say what? Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Why would Christ say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, if you don't got to keep the law? I want y'all big theologians and all y'all deep preachers and stuff to answer that question for me. And, and I'm not saying it in a way to be funny, but like, come on, like, you really got to think. Christ said it himself. Christ, the son of the most high, said it. That you had to keep, that Christ break the laws. Did his disciples break the laws? Do you understand? So this is this is far more important than just, you know, I'm saved. No, you have to do action. That's why the book of James talks about faith without works is dead. And also in the book of Hebrews, it, it explains, it explains that we are justified by our works. There's things that we're supposed to do for a reason. There's things that show that you are righteous. And I'll give you another example. Because there's a lot of people like, oh, you can't even keep all the laws. That's not true. And honestly, there's not as many laws as you think. Most people think there's 613 laws that we had to abide by. But that's a false teaching given by the fake Jews. It was a false Jewish rabbi that came up with that foolishness in the second or th uh, third um, century. You can look that stuff up for yourself. And he had all this foolery. And even then, when you study the laws, they're only there to protect you. They're only there to protect you. Don't stay saying stuff like, don't sleep with your mother. Don't sleep with an animal. A man shouldn't lay with a man. If you owe a man his wages for that day, pay him that day. I mean, is that hard to follow? Keep the Sabbath day holy. Is that hard to follow? You see what I'm saying? Now, now when people people try to give you an excuse, it's because they never looked into them. People don't read the Old Testament. You cannot understand the Most High if you don't understand the whole book. That's why that's what Peter was talking about for those who are unlearned in the scriptures. When you're unlearned, you come up with your own ideas. You come up with your own ideologies, your own uh theology. 
And just like when uh, Genesis chapter 3, when, when Satan came in in the garden, the reason he was able to deceive Eve is because he changed up what the Most High said to her. Everything is in the Word. Everything, every, as far as the way we're supposed to live is in the Word. You just got to read it. You got to study to show yourself approved. And that's why I'm so passionate, you know. We got to understand and wake up and stop believing this foolishness that's been going on. Stop falling for the lies of the enemy. You got to wake up. These are the final hours. This, this, we're, we are literally in the last ages. The last age. And I'm not trying to be on no spooky stuff at all. Like, oh, Jesus, come in. No. You have to live this thing out for real. Like, this, this, you have to live this thing out for real. And it starts by understanding what the Most High is asking for you. It starts by you understanding what he is asking of you. How do we understand that? Understanding his word. Understanding his laws, statutes, and commands. And for, for, for the people like we don't have to still, you still on that. Read the Bible, man. Just read the Bible. You still on. Oh, we don't got to follow that. We don't. So when David said, it was good that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. What's a statute? It's a command. It's a law. Come on, man. But y'all want to quote Psalm 23 and Psalm 29. I mean, Psalm, uh, so, uh, Psalm 23 and Psalm 91 and Psalm 121 and all that. But you don't go to Psalm 119 where the whole thing is talking about David following the statutes and commandments and the laws of the Most High. He's saying, teach me your statutes. Teach me your laws that I may not depart from you. Let not iniquity take dominion over me. What is iniquity? Transgression of the law. Lawlessness. He's saying, let not these things take over me. Why would David say that? And the word says that David is a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he desired to understand and know and follow the law, statutes, and commands. I know I was going in on this one, uh, but I love y'all. If y'all got any questions, like I said, um, hit me up at Jared BX, J-E-R-E-T-B-X on Instagram and also at T-P-T-B podcast on Instagram, the People the Book podcast. Um, I love y'all so much. Thank you for the support. And, uh, Man, just, you know, keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer. Um, and those who uh, want to contribute to the podcast, I'll have a cash app tag up soon. And I just want to say thank you uh, again for listening. Share this with somebody that needs to hear this. Um, like I said, you know, we are here for each other. We're here serving. You know, I'm here serving you guys. I put these things Together to serve you guys. This is not about me. You know, this is something the most I put on my heart so that I can share with his people. You know, as a watchman on the wall, speaking the truth, alerting the people, right? So, you know, in conclusion, why does all this stuff matter? All of this is important because the truth matters. We are called to worship the true and living God, Yahuwah or Yahweh.
in spirit and truth. If we claim to be his disciples, we must know and believe what is truth. I love y'all. Shalom. Thank you.